I've never seen you in here before. Look, I know you. Very few guys know me. I've never been here before in my life. I was looking for you. The guy told me you come in here a lot around this time of the day, so I came in. Simple. Who's the guy? The guy? Friend. Friend of yours, actually. Who's the friend? Friend. Your friends are worried about you, Frankie. They think you need somebody around, knows about things, advise you, teach you how to cover your ass. Yeah? Yeah. See, it's not so much what you've been doing. It's what guys think you've been doing. Check it out. Hi and welcome to the Unnamed Movie Podcast. This is Andrew. This is Damien. I feel like I've been here before. Yeah. This is Douglas. And I'll try not to talk about things. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we are in a separate timeline, right? Um, Our timeline branched off. I mean, branches. Branches off. I mean, clearly, this COVID thing cannot be have happened on Earth Prime. Was it? Was it by two, the power of love? Two racist uh, dictators <laughs> and COVID. There's no and England almost winning. There's no. Yeah. This is the correct timeline. This England is the bad timeline. Yeah, this is definitely England the bad timeline. However, however, I do feel like the the timeline correction was them losing on penalties. <laughs> right, like, like if it's one thing England knows how to do in a football competition, it's lose at penalties. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I mean, they really like they, they showed their expertise. Yeah, man. <laughs> in this match, despite <laughs> every opportunity to not lose, oh, three back-to-back no misses in pe- in a thing that you're supposed to score on. Beautiful, truly beautiful. Speaking of beautiful things, westerns, right. Um, or as Damien calls them, not crying movies. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, in the year 2020, Australia decided to give us a Western by the name of The Furnace, which involves a young, a young Afghan man by the name of Hanif, mm-hmm. who, is, who runs into a scoundrel that is Mal, um, and they go off attempting to smelt some gold because they robbed gold, because Mal had robbed some gold. Um, and yeah, it's a western, so here we go. No grace of God out here, son. It's just the land and all its spoils. My father, he sent me here when I was 17. I am Hanif. Hanif Khalil Abdullah. Mel. You have that to me. Because you helped me out back there, you reckon you're the boss, do you? I leave you here. You die. It's because English is a dumb language. <laughs> yep. All right. So we are talking about a Western. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, Andrew, uh, this movie is from Australia. It stars David Wenham. One sorry, of, who? who is that? Um, Mr. 300, One-Eyed Man. Uh, no, he's still wrong. Okay. Faramir, you mean? It stars Faramir from The Lord Faramir? of the Rings. 
Ratchet, yes, he's in that movie, isn't he? <laughs> Everybody's in that movie. Yeah, it's like it was. It was Marvel before Marvel, right? Right. And I mean, and the two, the two combined know that you have Martin Freeman in Black Panther. Wakanda yes. forever. Um, but, <laughs> but we're talking about westerns, yes. right? None of this crying movie bullshit. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so so yeah so david wenham stars in this movie mm-hmm. along with many unnamed people that i don't know their names of but i want to watch this because it's a western and i rather do enjoy westerns i i, I enjoy modern westerns that that do lots of pew pew lots of shooter uppering um unfortunately while this movie is rife it's full of flies flies are everywhere in this movie but there are no bullets (laughs) there are not many bullets to speak of in this film and that was rather upsetting uh i had kind of hoped that this would be you know a little more pew pew than than it is um there's definitely a lot more crying than than one would hope in a western in this film but what I'll say is I did this is this is definitely a good movie. Is it something I'm gonna watch again? No. Is it something that I enjoyed like a like a child? Like the child that I wanted to enjoy this movie? Absolutely not. The child inside of me was not um excited for the emotions that were stirred up in this film. But it's it's still a good movie. Um I think, you know, what's interesting is what this movie like is like the the mechanics of this movie right so um as andrew says the movie is really about um it surrounds two people but i don't know about you guys but i felt like um the the protagonist the person that i was supposed to kind of feel like i was in their um watching the film through their eyes was hanif even though david wenham is you know david wenham um one of the few famous australians um in an australian movie uh but but this movie is about them kind of accidentally meeting each other in dubious circumstances david wenham has just completed some sort of heist you don't really understand exactly how it happened but he came across some gold that he stole right um a couple big bars of gold worth a whole lot of money um and the movie is about the two of them hanif deciding making a decision to say hey i like money i'm going to take you to where you can um give it to me um so you can get the gold unmarked you know we don't want any marked bills no marked bills we're going to get just unmarked bills um or unmarked bulls in this case bullion um and then go make our money and this is really just that long journey with shenanigans along the way but there are no shenanigans it's more just emotions and um what this filmmaker does is they they kind of show you hanif and his bad decision making and how he continues the mechanics of this movie is that over and over again he betrays and disappoints his friends and his friends are very nice about it his friends are you know 
hopeful and are just like, dude, like, why don't don't do this? All right, you know. Um, but it really um, gets in that sort of, you know, you watch this movie and you feel for you feel for them, you feel for him. You're just kind of like, oh, don't do this. Be a good person, and you you even question his his motives because. Obviously, money is a huge motivator. Um, they they explain the backdrop of this film, which is that he is from Afghanistan, I believe. Um, but it it's it's within this general context of people from that side of the world apparently being brought to Australia to do some version of indentured um, indentured servitude. Um, but I don't fully understand it. And again, put up my hands and and say I, I don't really get exactly what they're what they're saying about this part of history but essentially it's something to to that that effect and they walk across the desert and and help other people make money with with trade right and he's one of those folks and <laughs> I he's put essentially myself on treated so i couldn't i've been talking this whole time and oh okay yeah here. so they're they call them cameliers they're yeah. they're just transport but yeah. usually how you got there is uh, because england went everywhere Mm-hmm. Uh, for a certain period of time, if you committed any sort of crime or whatever, you could no. Go- that's the white people. The white <laughs> people got there. Right. Um, they actually even even had a um. They even said something about it in the movie where he was like, "Listen, I didn't come here as a criminal. Mm-hmm. I I came here to be. I guess you call it the camelier, right? right? Because yeah, I know nineteen crimes is how many crimes it took for you to get sent to Australia and right. not to return. And right? so that Australia was, was a prison colony. That was also the case for some of these cameliers, where you do something oh, okay. bad and to pay, basically to pay it off, you'd come mm-hmm. over here and become a camelier. And then mm-hmm. of course there was people who were looking for fortune in a new land. And what mm-hmm. they found was white people shooting at them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and essentially, he, you know, um, mm-hmm. being a, a, a minority in a majority, not only majority white country now, a majority white country full of white criminals. I mean, of the worst people on earth. Of the worst people, <laughs> right? He's he's going to be be treated like lesser than, which you know, they they all were. And this movie is kind of like about his journey, him. Like what it kind of presents you is a situation where he has to make these bad decisions to understand what he what he needs the the man he needs to become, um, and as with any subpar film, he becomes that man in the end of the movie. Yes, and uh, there is this very neat bow tied around his redemption, and it's unfortunate. Um, do I still kind of appreciate what this movie is trying to do? Sure, but. It, I was definitely disappointed. Um, I wanted lots of shots and got maybe two. Um, but I mean, if I'm being if I'm being honest, was that decent movie? Um, I think right now we have to we have to call in to our Western correspondent. Okay, Damian White. Uh, hi, I am Tom's. Uh, Western and racism correspondence. <laughs> this is an unfortunate title. <laughs> but Are I... you saying that you're a twofer? Yes, 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 I am. You, okay. s- you silly, silly boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I quite enjoyed this movie. Uh, 
it is not one of the shoot em up westerns as Douglas um, correctly stated. Uh, there's there's one, and it's I mean it's not a lot of action, but there's one shootout in this entire movie. It is towards the back, um, the end of the movie is where it happens. Uh, but this movie is Hanif making an initial bad decision and then trying to justify his bad decision uh, using the thing all Westerns use, money. How do you... <laughs> he's essentially trying to buy his way out of this terrible decision that he's made. He understands immediately because there's immediate consequences of him making this terrible decision. But he is so dead set on using this money to achieve his... It's basically his ticket out of Australia. And the movie starts and he, as an immigrant but lesser than white person, um, that is quickly established. And he is also um, friends with the Aborigine. And so they are there. And having themselves a good time. Like he and them have a pretty close relationship. And um, the best part of another movie, The Nightingale, he is in this movie. Um, the, the, the second I saw him, I'm like, I know this fool. Where do I know him from? And I saw that it was The Nightingale. I remember that I did still, despite everyone telling me that The Nightingale isn't that great, I still like that movie. <laughs> and I saw him in this and I went, well, I guess... Um, if you're going to be typecast, I guess this is, I guess this is how this works. He's two for two, both his movies, he's playing basically the exact same character. Um, and Hanif uh, finds this guy, recognizing that he has gold on him. And because he's an honorable person, he doesn't immediately kill this man and take the gold. He's like, all right, let me save this man. And, and I'll get some reward. I'll get uh, one of these gold bars or whatever it was he's thinking. And it immediately goes sideways. And it continues to go sideways. Even though he understands that what he's doing is bad, he refuses to uh, let go of this dream. And Douglas points out that because this movie is not Korean and it is not trying to be a hard it's there's no revenge and they're they're not trying to teach any lesson it is just hey here's a movie where bad things happen but there is a redemption arc and so the end of the movie is very obvious like they're not trying there's no bait and switch they're not trying to teach anyone anything they're just like there are bad people who did bad things and the movie kind of goes out of its way to make sure that hanif doesn't injure any like he does none of the fighting it is all done around him and so that is how they pretend that his hands are clean of this he just needs to go back um to the people that he uh felt like they were part of his family and they have the sweet ending for what is a man that is implicit in a lot of terrible shit happening. 
And that's how Westerns work. <laughs> that's how they've always worked. That's how all revenge movies work. You, that is the section that you have to just hand wave away and go, listen, it's movies, so we give people uh, a lot of leeway when they're doing awful, awful things. But I enjoyed all the performances in this movie. I like giving, I, I like seeing um, this representation um, on screen. I've read about these people before, but it's in books. There's no pictures in books. They don't. I mean, they should draw more pictures in books, but they don't. <laughs> I have to read. Reading sucks. Man, I think you're talking about comic books. Yeah, that's basically what I want, but they don't make comic books about actual history. I don't know if it's fair that it won't be sold, but I read comic books about actual world history. Uh, it's probably me, Andrew, and like one other person does. <laughs> It's probably not very lucrative. Uh, also, my imagination... I realized this about myself a long time ago. My imagination sucks. So when I read... When I read things, if they don't paint it the exact way that I'm supposed to see, if they leave any leeway in what the representation is, I just don't. I just like, look here, dog. <laughs> I don't see it. Um, and we've talked about it on this podcast. Uh, a lot of times, that's how, like Andrew imagines a full world in any movie. He's just like, but think about the things the movie doesn't tell you. And I've had a lot of problems doing that because I cannot think about the things that don't show me because I don't care enough. Uh, my imagination is broken, I guess. Uh, maybe that's why I like sports so much. There's, it leaves nothing to the imagination. Someone wins in sports. <laughs> Oh, I don't have to imagine what happened. I know what happens. Two people play, one person loses. I'll remove it. Uh, the movie is it's paced well enough that I was never bored, which uh, that's a thing that can easily happen uh, in westerns because the set dressing is so monotonous. Uh, everywhere looks it's it's dirt everywhere, uh, but they keep. The scenarios uh, and settings, and where the setting repeats, they change out um, a lot of the the people that are on screen. Uh, the only part of this movie that I think lets it down is the final big bad. There's some guy traipsing around in black, just being menacing for the sake of being with no explanation as to what. Like the movie is not con; they just needed him. To do something. It felt like they got to the end of the movie. And they're like hold on. <laughs> we need something more. For this obviously terrible man. But we kind of didn't do it. So let's just get three scenes. Of these two guys. That are the devil. Doing nothing. And it felt out of place. And it felt cheap. But. I enjoyed the rest of the movie enough that I uh, I didn't it didn't annoy me too much that that is what they did towards the end of the movie. So yeah, I I'm and of course it's a western, so it gets three points. So maybe that's why I like it uh, a lot more than Douglas did because I, I really do enjoy westerns. I enjoy the setting uh, a lot. No, just to just to to make sure that I'm clear, 
this is a very, this is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. And deep down, I know this. I'm just upset I did not get my shootouts. Right. <laughs> right. You expect more. If you have six so, shooters, more people should be using them. I, 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 see so I, have, from, I have classification questions, yes. right? Because it's definitively a Western because they're wearing cowboy hats. They're in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using camels. Some people have horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like old-timey guns, Yes, right? So Western. Mm-hmm. But your classification is Western or crying movie. Right. And there's a lot of crying in this movie. Mm-hmm. Is it still a Western? Yes. Is it a crying movie also? No. <laughs> I think you need a better title than I mean, crying movie. I mean, listen, the designation uh, works if you don't think about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you don't have an imagination. If you are have a one-track mind, then this works perfectly. <laughs> It's the same reason you don't like when I tell you that movies are trash. Because what you like is nuance. And that is not how my brain works. Or my family. That is not how we... That's not the scale that we use. There's no nuance. It is a Western if it is a... If there's crying in a Western, it was a Western first. A crying movie. So it's just a Western. If you're not a Western, then we have to... Things that aren't Westerns, we question. Right? Is Unforgiven a crying movie? Of course it is. But it was a Western for first, so ignore all of that. <laughs> they shoot one man in Unforgiven. <laughs> but everyone, fair, that's a Western. Yeah, to be fair, Damien, they shoot that one man so hard yes. that it makes up for the rest right. of the crying in that the movie. The rest of the crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, don't make... Listen, don't make this difficult for yourself. <laughs> If you think this is a real scale, then that is, you have too much imagination. <laughs> I mean, if Lars von Trier had to make a Western, he'd make Unforgiven. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So getting back to this movie. Is John Wick um, a crying movie? Absolutely no. not. So no. The movie does actually start with him crying. No. no John is Wick is a Western. And you exactly. Know it. And okay. because it is not a crying movie, it then has to be a Western. <laughs> That's how our comedies westerns. Yes, they're not crying what? movies, so they have to be westerns. <laughs> Damien, if you laugh so hard that you cry, uh-huh. is it then a crying movie? No, that is effective. Is what that is. <laughs> All right, coming back to this movie. <laughs> Get it off of the shitty tangent of me making fun of this goddamn stupid ass system. Yeah. Um, it works as long as you don't think about it. Like, at all. <laughs> um, I agree with most of what's gone on in this conversation. I mean, excepting most of what Douglas said, because... Oh, so you know, agree I agree with most of the conversation, except half of the previous conversation. <laughs> I mean, technically, that is most. If you're a glass half full kind of person, I guess it's most. All right, cool. Um, if and only because I I don't need as much as I feel like someone might get into classifications here. Um, I don't need shooty to mean western. I mean you're right? wrong, but we're going to let this pass. <laughs> right. Um, I've seen enough films in which people utilize a western genre for dramatic reason. Look at Nick's cutoff. 
right? But that's a crime um, movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> Look at First Cow, right? Um, I need to watch Mix Cut Off again. That's definitely a crime movie. Jesus Christ, Mix Cut Off is good. <laughs> no, no, no. First Cow is a crime movie. Yeah, I mean, First Cow is a crime movie. But Mix Cut Off, I like more than First Cow. So I'm but going to... I agree. Mix Cut Off, I like. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's not have this one. Andrew, <laughs> please ignore everything Douglas just said. Um, and also, like the thing Damien brought up about the big bad in this movie, like he was probably my least favorite thing about this movie. And I, I don't know if it's just about like when people make caricatures, right? When when there's a character like this who, as Damien said, I agree with. It's just like he's a bad guy for bad guy's sake, and he's he. He, he comes into scenes and he's almost like he's Sylvester Stallone playing um, playing Judge Dredd. He's just like, I am the law! Um, and, and ridiculous. Um, and even more so, like they give him this whole thing of him carrying his son around. And that ends up being a part of like the big shootout at the end. And there's part of me, like because he's just this cartoon of a human being for like all of this movie... I see things happen to him and I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> you, you, it's not necessarily that I know you're the bad guy. It's just like, I wish you weren't in this movie. <laughs> so, so quick question. Mm-hmm. Damien, are you and Andrew talking about the same person? So I realized that Andrew is talking about the military yeah. guy. I don't think you guys are. Yeah. Okay. Andrew is talking about <laughs> the military guy, which I, I also agree. You, so I agree with Andrew that he's also unnecessary. But I was talking about the other yeah. other big guy, okay. right, cool. yeah. which is so also them. which is also on this. <laughs> so, so I so. would I would actually sit down and have not a strong argument, but an argument for with Andrew about his big bad. Like, sure, mm-hmm. he maybe he's not that necessary, but he does move the plot along. Right. Um, the one you're talking about, Damian, yeah. completely unnecessary. Absolutely waste of time. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Just ridiculous. It's lunacy. At no point you could literally take out the scene and a half that that person is in, and nothing and the about movie the movie would still would run the same yeah. way, <laughs> and nothing would like there would be no nonsensical things. Yeah. And there's only one thing that they use him for at the end that mm-hmm. they don't even need to. Right. And here lies the weird part: is that I think I agree with you that given what the movie has presented to us, they're technically not necessary. I do, however, feel they are much more fascinating and interesting characters. And if they had taken all of the plot mechanic from Judge Dredd, the the military man, and given it to those characters and had them have that effect on this plot, that would have been a much stronger use of a bad guy in the movie. You're not wrong. I concur. Yes, you are not wrong. (laughs) Right? Because, like you talk about those scenes and you can cut them out and they wouldn't make any change. But at the same time, I feel like those scenes were good scenes, right? That when they happened, right? The, the scene in which with the water guy, like you watch that and that's like a good ass Western scene, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where there's the, 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 the scene where they meet up with Mal, right? That's a good ass Western scene, right? It's, they're good fucking characters. They're probably like one of the most interesting characters in this movie. Um, and I I think that is a crime. That's a film crime. Uh, 
<laughs> can we change um, the name? I know I asked this a lot. Can we change the name of this podcast to Film Crimes? So this came up recently. Like this is a joke I've been running at home. Um, around two or three weeks ago, we had ordered some food. We had ordered some like Caribbean food. Um, or as we would call it, food. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> and like we had ordered, or more we had likely, ordered, we would call it not Caribbean. Food. Yes. <laughs> and and we had ordered like a roti with curry in it. We got the food. We had ordered from this place before, right? And everything had been fine. We got the food, and this person decided to mix in a coleslaw into the curry. I'm sorry. A mayonnaise coleslaw into the curry. Right, and you have to remember also, like this isn't like a curry you can see, like it's wrapped up in a roti, so you can't see this. Oh, so you you bit in and got just a wonderful <laughs> flavor, full <laughs> bite. Okay, mm, we yeah. have the, I have then dubbed this to be a Caribbean crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So now things are just crimes against things. So this is a this this thing that happened to my character in the in the furnace is a film crime. What I've just described to you is a Caribbean crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is that's i i feel like co- you should have spoken to the consulate in jamaica, <laughs> the jamaica <laughs> and go all right look here dog <laughs> i don't know who these people are <laughs> committing crimes out here <laughs> but we have to stop them <laughs> oh my god that damian is-, is just like affected though like, <laughs> no yeah that's um boy. I w- listen wow. i I am not when I go to places and I've had bad food all over this country. <laughs> when I go to places and they make bad food, I usually just vow never to go back to that place. But I've never had anything that is technically a crime happen. <laughs> and that roti story is a crime. <laughs> and remember, like this is this is delivery food. So it's not like I was there Jesus. and like I ate there and then I could immediately get up and like throw this yeah. in the person's face or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not at my house yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck did Joe, someone bring me? Exactly. You're, you're sitting down having yourself a good um, full on Joe Pesci rant from yeah. Lethal Weapon yeah, man. Right, about your, your delivery food. I, I, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's just, like, you, you don't even want to call him and be like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah. Because you're never calling that place for food ever again. If it's the last food place on earth, you're just like, I guess I'm going to die here. Because I'm not on anything from these people. Like, Alright, hear what? I'll get some water. Hey, you want so mayonnaise yeah. on your curry? I'm going to stab you to death. <laughs> so, so, what they did to those two villain characters yeah. is what that gentleman did to my curry. Yep. Right? Just unnecessary and criminal. Yeah, man. Right? Um... When it could have been so much better if they had focused. Um, but yeah, don't know what else to really say about this movie. It's 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 one of those films that I feel like it 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 lives off of the fact that it just has a slew of stellar performances. You guys talked about um, Eye Patch from Three Hundred, um, <laughs> David Wenham, um, <laughs> Christ. Hanif, played by Ahmed Malik. Um, Hanif is even, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Is and sure. even the guy who was in the... What was the name of the movie? The Bird movie, The Raven. The, what, <laughs> you said the bird name and I've already forgotten it. <laughs> 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 Nightingale. <laughs> <laughs> Nightingale. 
what happened to that boy. <laughs> the Nightingale. Yes. But like, we can also talk about people who have like a lot smaller parts in this movie. Like mm-hmm. the the people who play the characters, the Sikh characters. So Junda in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Um, and even I, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. The guy who helps him out, like in the middle, Mandu is his name, I think. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy. I don't yeah. remember his name. Um, and that's amazing. And even like when they meet the Arab, <laughs> Arab, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the the indigenous individuals, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Aboriginal, the Aboriginals um, in this film. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a gentleman with like this massive beard. beard yeah. Right. Um, his name is Kubering. Kubering. I don't know if yes, that's the correct right. pronunciation. Yeah. Um, but like every moment of his comes off as just genuinely like interesting and just wonderfully performed so, right so i genuinely hope that this shitty bear douglas is growing grows into that like that is my like james harden is the benchmark for beer like if you're going to grow a beard i have two settings none <laughs> and james harden <laughs> and that's what i want that's what i want to see on douglas's face just up so you're saying you're that child, you're the child wizard in Howl's Moving Castle who like puts on his yeah, thing and just right, and you're just a full beard, just like yeah, that's <laughs> literally my two settings because everything in between, I'm just like just shave, don't do this, <laughs> no one wants to see this. You and Douglas, I mean Douglas is doing a far better job. I don't know what you're growing on your face. I'm no idea what that is. <laughs> At least Douglas one seems full. And like it can't get there. You are just I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what you're trying. I don't know what you're achieving <laughs> with that facial hair. Like this is Baba. T- like this is too much hair on my face. I'm going to the Baba <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Cause I can't get listen, I'm genuinely jealous of people with big beards because I can't grow a full beard. And so when I see people with the ability and not doing it like Andrew. Douglas will get there. Unless Grace Kennedy steps in or like unless somebody from HR is like, look, dog. <laughs> this is not acceptable. I think maybe that's I think maybe that's go- what I'm gonna try and do for like the last the last six months of this year where like COVID related, like mm-hmm. not all of people know exactly what's gonna be happening in the next year, work from home related um kind of setups. Um and this will probably be my last chance to just do whatever. And no one can care. Yeah. Um, I mean, your wife but, can care. Like, she might step in and be like, look, dog. <laughs> yeah, which is why if I do it now, I have to, like, do it right. As opposed to, like, just be like... Fair enough. Yeah. Push. <laughs> and, and she's just like, no, you can't do that. Not in my house. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> like, if I do it right, like, she will, she can look at me and be like, well, sure. If you want. Yeah. 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 It's weird to have to now brush hair again. I haven't had to do that in a long time. I have a brush. I have a comb. I have beard oil that I use as well. Um, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if I should get beard balm, beard, sorry, beard balm mm-hmm. to to make it stay down or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually been like doing stuff to it. Um, and this is actually shorter than it it was. There was a point where it was a lot bushier. Yeah, it looked like you trimmed it. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? All right. Uh, what's the name of this movie? The first. Hanif the first. and his beard. 
I, I was hoping that when they towards the back end they find uh the furnace and i was hoping that it would surprise the the police guys the police like that they were able to judge build, Red. yeah judge Red, that they were able to build that kind of furnace in that location but they seemed to just hand wave that part away um because they were looking for this giant structure because that's usually what you need to build that kind of furnace. And they just had, they're just like, of course, a furnace, I guess. Um, but yeah, this movie, isn't, this movie isn't perfect, but I did enjoy it. Um, despite the one shootout. The shootout wasn't even the part yeah. of the movie that I enjoyed. So, yeah. I mean, I yeah, yeah, it's it's the... For, for me, I, I really did appreciate that whole thing of them just being like, all I'm going to do is I'm going to build up to another disappointment. Yes. Um, I really did enjoy that that part of it. And it's a good movie. A good such movie. terrible decision making. I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. Just, and, just, and just the disappointment in each new individual that, that, he, screw, yeah, that he screws with. They're just is, like, come man, on, dog. And, yeah. and the way that they approach it. Like, yeah. it, it could have been, I hate you, but it was more like, <sighs> better than that I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah. i hope you yeah. learn your lesson. yeah a lot of next week shaking. when you come back to me yeah I, I i will hope that you are a better man you know which is actually kind of sweet in just you know. a lot of, yeah this movie isn't malicious um, yeah again not korean yeah essentially he's treated like a child growing into a man that's yeah. kind of what this this is about you know and towards the end they treat that as him growing up like his yeah. redemption thing is him uh, growing into this uh, uh, wiser person, not better. <laughs> yeah. He's not a better person. He's done a lot of. Uh, there's a point where he took up a solid gold bar that just came out of oh a furnace. Boy. And when oh I boy. saw him do that, I went, yeah. You, sir, mm-hmm. are a moron. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? Um, What made me think for. Not, not necessarily think, but what, like struck me when i was watching this movie is that it's clear that he this fellow has established hanif has established himself as someone of obviously he's young and impetuous and whatever but of pretty much good character yeah right it's it's clear that that is how these people view him right um and this movie i would imagine uh spans maybe max a week right not a very long Mm -hmm. time and uh, the the thing about this movie is it kind of the, the concept of being able like such a small amount of your life right can can dictate be, dictate yeah, yeah what what comes after and and whether you are considered like a good person or a bad person mm-hmm. or you know you do something in that small period of time that is so egregious mm, that, that, that it, it colors, completely changes yeah, you, right? It colors you, um, the perspective of you for the rest of your life, yeah. Yeah. Because all yeah. his friends that he screwed over, mm-hmm. like him coming back to them, like even yeah. if they accept him back in the fold, the mm-hmm. next time something bad happens, everyone yeah. is going to <laughs> turn to Hanif. <laughs> it's just like... Mm. If this is you this time, we're going to bury you right here. <laughs> uh, I'm also fascinated by Australia. 
uh, it's for such a large country for its effects to have so like for it to have so little effect on us. I mean, I know they're far away, but there's not a lot of Australian things. Like, excuse me. We got like think about how big Australia is. For us uh-huh. to have like home and away be like the most the biggest thing that we got from us. home and away, <laughs> absolutely not. First of all, that's not a knife, right? <laughs> is the biggest export from Australia. I just want to right. to make it clear. But think about how long ago that's a knife. <laughs> like, and how long ago is home and away? No, I'm Damian? just saying, Douglas. You, we should oh, have well, more I'm, things. I'm thinking far and away. Far we, and away, right? Okay, cool. Same, same difference. <laughs> I'm just saying, for them to be that larger country, and for us to not have been inundated with more things, because they're English speaking, it's not like they speak a bra- a different language, <laughs> right? Also, like German criminals, Damien. We Fra- don't want to hear from France and Germany. <laughs> pump out a lot of movies, but the reason we don't see a lot of them is because there's a language yeah. barrier. Yeah, Australia don't have that, <laughs> and yeah. we get like. One TV show every couple of years where exactly. you have to tell me, you're like, hey, Damien, there's this Australian TV Ooh. show. Watch and it. Love it. Yeah. And they're so, like, they're Actually, so big. Actually, have you for the original Rake? I really like that show. No. You should watch it. Oh, all right. And they're so big that American P- TV producers are like, all right, let us carry that over and translate it from English back to English. Like, <laughs> they're massive. They should be. They're one of the biggest countries in the world, but we don't really feel yeah. it. Right? Also, I don't think I might be wrong, but I feel like they're one of those big countries that are still that are quite underpopulated because livability is an issue. I guess, yeah. The, the middle of that it's country is a giant like, dirt hole. <laughs> so. I'm trying to remember if it's Iceland that I'm thinking of. I don't think it's. Yes, it is Iceland. Yeah, Iceland, 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 Iceland has like, like two towns or two yeah. cities or whatever, and that's it. Like Rick and can't, can't, can't live people world. love to make that joke at the World Cup to yeah, be like yeah. they sent the whole town there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, apart from the fact that uh, it is far away and and hard to live there. I'd love to go and see it. Like, like of all the countries, that's one of like the three that I'd love to go and visit to see the landscapes. Because anytime you need like an alien planet shot in any movie, <laughs> they fly to Iceland. It's like, look, never seen any of this shit anywhere. Damn <laughs> I home. hope that I hope that the second of that three is not New Zealand. New Zealand is, is not it a New country. Zealand? No. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> the bush. Because no. <laughs> I, I feel like if you're over that side, I mean, yeah. you need to. Do, it's it's like a twofer, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're right beside each other. Yeah. It doesn't count as yeah. as like a bucket list item if you're right beside it. So it's it's Iceland, Japan, and Japan. Okay. I also want to see Peru because they're so okay. Peru is so big and it has but hold on, so much different three. shit. So yeah. so Australia wasn't a part of the three. No, I Australia, Australia is no. I, I don't oh, understand okay. anything Australia. I don't know. <laughs> we were talking about Australia and yeah. you immediately talked well, about I mean we're this. talking about Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Iceland is where we're talking about. Iceland is supposed to be super pretty yeah. apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, I, but to be fair, Australia, and maybe because I, I have that bias, Australia is one of the places I would want to go to. Yeah. I mean, if, if I, it's not top of the and list. Right. Um, and at this point, 
at this point, the only reason for me to travel is sports. <laughs> like, that's the thing that... But it it used to have more of a pull on me. It As I've gone older, it's had less and less pull. I mean, I hear they play rugby and special rules football in Australia. So They play cricket. They, they have the ashes, right? Yeah, yeah they have the ashes. <laughs> they, they play this thing called cricket. And they're actually good at it, which is, I keep, you see, that's the thing. They also play I forget football. that cricket is a thing because I don't have a team to support and so I don't watch it. I mean, that is the, that might be the harshest thing you've ever said. But I do love, it's a great sport. I, I grew up on cricket. It's the awesome. fact, no, when you said you don't have a team to support, we still have a team. No, we don't. No, no, we don't. I mean, I, mean, I agree with I you. Know. I just go to that outload where people can't hear because they'll stab me to death. Jamaica's... I'll watch cricket again when they finally follow my one rule of sport, mm-hmm. which is, is that there's only one World Cup in the world and you're not allowed to use that name for your for your sport. I mean, the Cricket World oh, Cup works like the real World okay. Cup. Yeah. No, yeah. I think what he means is one sport can get to call their thing the World Cup. Everybody else has to find another name. You're That's an what idiot. you're saying, right, yeah. Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, cricket would have to be like maybe the cricket championships or yeah. some foolish Different like. name. But the World Cup is football. Mm. Are you going to go further, Andrew, to say that the World Cup is only um, a specific, ty- a specific um, person of football? So women's world cup is 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 world cup and men need to find a new name or mm-hmm. or how that no 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 it's it's just it's, football. Uh, they can, it's just football okay oh, okay. Right. So, okay so if something in another sport had a, a champions league where champions from all over the world come to play you said that's i didn't make a rule about champion i didn't oh. make a rule about champions right, just, the rule right. is specifically about the world cup okay can something else be called the olympics I don't have any any market <laughs> right, <fair> <laughs> right, so you're crazy. Um, I, don't, I don't care enough. I don't care enough to I, I see. to, yeah. to make rules on the Olympics. On <laughs> things you don't care about. Right. I love that people are starting to get COVID already from that. It doesn't start <laughs> yeah. yet, and it's almost yeah. like come on. It's almost like this is a terrible idea. Like, you know, really, guys. First of all, first of all, first of all, beyond that story, there was a story about the Ugandan weightlifter who's gone missing. I did not see that. What is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a Ugandan weightlifter who was supposed to show up for like a training session or something and has not been seen cannot since be like he did some test. Yes. Um, he cannot be located. Wow. I don't think they found him yet. I don't know. I didn't check today. But um, yeah. So I recently watched Condor Man, which means I'm going to say this is a defection. It's a defection. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when that used to happen a lot after <laughs> Olympics, yeah. where people just wouldn't go home. But this is before yeah. the Olympics, so I don't <laughs> think it's a defection. I think something bad has happened to that man. It depends. Maybe he knew he wasn't going to get a medal. I mean, that <laughs> doesn't mean anything. It's just like, it's all right. I, I can defect. Like, the Olympics is, the... hey, what if we get the most physically gifted young people from all over the world and put them together in one Olympic village and give them two condoms and go, big up his, you have three weeks <laughs> to be as buck wild as you want. It, it's clear that this year, instead of condoms, they just gave them blankets for yeah. with COVID, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Here's a stick that's six foot. If anyone, if you can touch someone with this stick, you guys need to move. <laughs> All right. So... Oh. 
I think that's the end of our conversation. Oh, of first. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Weird. gonna hit this button. I'm gonna hit this button. Weird. Oh, that's right. La señora me tranquiliza con esa medida porque hay asuntos graves que requieren la inmediata atención de la señora. ¿Ocurre algo? Suceden cosas muy extrañas. So like that crash, we are now coming <laughs> with a bang to the end of our Luis Buñuel marathon as we are here to talk about one of his most infamous films that is his 1962 release, El The Exterminating Angel. Sorry? El Guapo is in this movie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Douglas is like, I have no, I have no further. <laughs> no, no, further. no. I can't come further. up with anything. Yeah. I can't come up with no any further jokes. further rubbish to talk. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I wish he was in this movie for that joke to like go further. <laughs> um, but no, he's not. He's not movie. as famous. He's infamous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Exterminating Angel, which... Um, like a lot of his movies, follows a group of highly of, of upper class individuals who are at a dinner party. They are aristocrats. Aristocrats um, who, at the end of the evening, find themselves funneling into a drawing room to kind of top everything off. A lady plays the piano, and then for some inexplicable reason, they find themselves unable to leave the room. The doors aren't locked. Though there is nothing physically impeding them from leaving, it is just somehow their their bodies no longer have the will to cross a threshold any further. And we follow them for the next following for the next few days as they as they devolve in this one area of the house. Um, people outside gather to be like, "What is going on?" And it feels very much like a Twilight episode, a Twilight Zone episode. Um, rather than a lot of his films so far, which, while they have an eeriness to them, they feel those feel more like a social statement, if at best, to just a madman's rantings. Um, here, this comes off almost entirely as just a science fiction thought as to what if people couldn't leave a room and what would happen? Have you read The Lord of the Flies? Um, <laughs> and watch this happen again. And this movie, to be quite honest, while it still has a lot of fantastical, surreal elements that I don't fully love about Bunuel's filmmaking, it works as its own little, like, just science fiction craziness of these people trapped in a room um, and watching on as people watch a bear crawl through their house wondering when will the bear come into the room for them um it's it it takes what i feel is probably the best elements of bunuel which is his the ways he likes to write these upper class people right and has them play off each other in manners that I wouldn't call to be any way special. Like, it, I don't think there's something about it that I consider Bunuel as opposed to just being like it's an upper class person who talks this way. And then the thing about a story like this is its entire point is to basically degrade them down to like no longer having those manners that these people of this this strata should have. Um, movies, the movies 
okay to good. Like I don't I don't think I came out of the movie like fully in love, but maybe maybe as Damien likes to put it when we do some of these marathons, um the bar was set so low that like I walked away happy at the end of this one. <laughs> you walked in there just like, oh my God. <laughs> doing this again. Uh, and then he gave you a movie and you're just like, this is this might be the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, yes. as our Bunuel Marathon comes favorite. to a crescendo. Yes. Yes. How do I feel about his the, the last movie, uh, The Exterminating Angel? A terrible title for this movie. A tremendous title for another movie. Uh, you could that that name sounds great. Like that sounds like they yeah. should call John Wick Four the Exterminating Angel. Exactly. <laughs> Exterminating yeah. Angel sounds like a movie starring, say, maybe Lisa Head, Lisa, ooh. <laughs> Lena Headley, yeah. um, Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. like a, a super murder. action movie. Yeah, like murder. Gunsmoke Milkshake or whatever right. this new movie is. Yeah. That could be the Exterminating like Black Angel. Black Widow should have been called the Exterminating Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think Andrew's actually John stroke. Wick. John Wick is probably the best example <laughs> of the exterminating yeah. angel right now. <laughs> uh, this movie, like Andrew, I was hesitant to watch this movie because uh, history. I am using the things that he's done to judge him, and so it's been not great. And this movie started, and for a second, I was like. Another movie where he's enamored with the bourgeoisie. I cannot wait for this to be terrible. And then they went into this room and no one left. The first night was the best part of this movie because they had to explain a way why no one was leaving and you didn't understand what was happening yet. People just didn't leave. And then you saw them lying down on the floor. And it's like, I don't know what's happening here. And you saw people, of course, blame the Americans first. There's like, they were raised without tact. So let's all take off our jackets to make them feel better about this thing that they're doing. Because why would you sleep at someone's house? Like, why, what is, why is this happening? And then in the morning, they started to piece together what was happening. And they had breakfast. And then everyone realized what was happening. And the movie, the movie wasn't as exciting anymore because he isn't as concerned with how these people, the degradation in social graces. That is not what is his primary concern. He's still more enamored with the relationships of these people and how they react to one another. So it doesn't devolve as quickly into a Lord of the Flies scenario and it isn't as intense. The problem is it's also not funny. Like you can see where he's trying to slip in some moments of levity, but it's just not working. So the movie isn't very serious and isn't trying to be a comedy. And so it's in this weird middle ground that is unsatisfying for me. Uh, I There's been, I think in TV, they call these bottle episodes where people are stuck somewhere and they just have to play it out. 
and he isn't like even towards the end of the movie the resolution to this is also not very satisfying but he's not concerned himself with any of that he's just making this movie and this is the first movie he's made that it felt like there was any amount of restraint like someone else looked at him and went you're a crazy person we're toning a lot of this down so funny story Mm -hmm. after watching this movie i read up about it okay and apparently this is the only movie he made when he was in mexico when people were just like do whatever you want to do (laughs) 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 that's weird (laughs) Uh, was this is towards the the latter of Mexico this is the last one in Mexico oh so maybe he just grew up he's just like yeah people don't like no not his last movie ever Mm -hmm. his last one in Mexico he then moved to France and did and made money so like like Belle du Jour and like Bourgeoisie those came after this Uh, yeah maybe Uh, maybe the Mexican government or some uh, mafia was just like, look, dog. <laughs> we financed so he did Viridiana <laughs> and yeah. then he did this one. Right, um, right. And actually, Viridiana was in this movie too. I just don't right. know. So that throws one. out everything I thought about this movie. Uh, <laughs> this is just a weird one for him then. But what's weird for him is normal for me. This is just a normal ass movie. It's not great. But when you compare it to the abject lunacy now i still preferred the bourgeoisie movie because that actually had some things i can point to and laugh at some enough craziness that it will stick in my mind this movie doesn't have anything like not the performances not the setting none of this movie will stick but it was it was well done and it didn't make this movie didn't make me feel like I was being punished for being on this podcast. <laughs> Which uh we watched five, so three out of five felt like Andrew directly punishing us for a reason I can't actually understand. And this one, if we had watched this first, I'm actually glad we saw this in the last. Because if you saw this first, I would have hope. For the other four, I'd have been even more upset. <laughs> but coming to the, the normal one last, you're just like, oh, he could make normal movies. He's just a weird man. And so he doesn't. He is what normal people probably see Lars von Trier as. <laughs> like, you, you watch his movies, you're just like, I don't know which psychopath thinks that this is something humans watch, but I'm not one of those people. And... I now understand, I have a better understanding of how regulars um, see Lars von Trier movies. I disagree with them, but I'm, as I assume people who like Bunwell's movie will disagree with everything we've said for the last four weeks. Because <laughs> we've hated pretty much yeah. all his movies across the board. Uh, Andrew yeah. has tried the most to be diplomatic about it. Yeah, uh, but... as I always do. <laughs> no, not always. Not always. <laughs> there have been Which movies. Movie have I not been? Have I not been kind to? Oh no, I'm not talking about his movies. There have been movies on this podcast where you have come with the fire. 
Uh, Andrew has come and he's just like, look, <laughs> look here. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, and that's, I think that's what Douglas tries to get out of Andrew when he picks movies. It's the only logical thing I can come up with for how Douglas picks movies. Hey, because he I used pick, to be trainers and music. Furnace, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> furnace was my movie. He used to be a trailers. That is officially Tom approved. Thank yes. you very much. No, I mean, listen, even a broken clock, etc., etc. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to know how Douglas picks his movies. It's like he saw some lunatic trailer or he heard some music that he likes in a trailer. But he, we've thrown out, all of that has been thrown out years and years ago. So now it's just a black box. Uh, and Douglas just picks things. Uh, I don't know. No one has any idea. Uh, but I. There are Look, some it's, people in. It's, it's like that scene in Cabin in the Woods mm-hmm. where he just goes into the basement right. and like you're sitting there and you're going like, is he going to pick up the merman this time? Right. Right. <laughs> it, it makes as much sense as anything else. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I should. I love. I rewatched movie. it the other day. There. Still good. There are. There are some actors in this that are better than others, which is always weird to see in any movie. Just people trying, and then some people definitely not trying. And there is a portion of the movie where they cut to outside, and they try and explain that the room works um, in both directions, where people can't walk in and people can't walk out. But there's no... Again, he's making no effort to explain the why uh the part with the sheep and the bear brings some levity to the proceedings but the proceedings weren't dour to begin with like people are lo- uh, people are having mental breakdowns but the movie isn't drilling down as to the depths of how these people are dealing with this situation it's The movie feels, it feels, uh, you know, like, it feels slight in that way. But again, it's it's not a movie that I love, but it's a movie that I was, that I did kind of enjoy. Yeah, uh, gentlemen. Yes, <laughs> Douglas is here for the hat trick. Yes, I do not <laughs> like this movie. <laughs> You're I not think about we, this we, life. We went 100% three bears today, yes. right? Uh, so, first and foremost, as I said to you, after watching this movie, I did some research because I mean, what did I just watch? And I found out that apparently. People think this and many of his movies are, well, in particular, this one was called Sharply Satirical. And I realized after watching five or six or a hundred of this man's movies, however many movies we've watched, because it feels like a hundred. Yes. It is clear to me that I do not know what satire is. I do not understand satire. (laughs) Uh, I thought I did. Yes. But if this is satire, I'm sorry. Please, somebody needs to teach me. Uh, But... I 
I really do like this movie. And there are going to be some details that, that I talk about. But what I will say as well is, one, I will admit this movie is watchable, right? <laughs> it does not feel... It's not difficult to watch. It's not over long. Um, you can sit down and not feel like you're, you're clawing your eyes out of your sockets. That might be the lowest bar we've ever generated <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> this, this so movie for that, does not feel like cancer of the optic nerve. <laughs> for that, I wouldn't I give am, this to the death, right, death row criminal. Right. <laughs> and I, I thank Andrew for, 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 for finding one of them because... There have been movies in this in this marathon that have felt that way. And the fact that this one did not, I am forever grateful, Andrew. It was also only about an hour and a half, and that is great, especially when you when you like me have had way too much work to do during the week and had to watch this an hour and a half before the podcast. Uh so um. Haven't, I think all of his movies have been like 90-ish minutes. Like no, None of them have like broken two hours, have I they? I think there was at least one. I mean, mash movie. you said that, but that's not how they felt. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> I'm not saying you're if, wrong. If we go by perception, Andrew, <laughs> yeah. a few of these movies lasted about a week. Right. Okay? All right, cool. All right. In, I'll, I'll leave that there. In actual time, you might be right. In how it, how it felt... Moving through it? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, this movie... And, and also something... I wonder if one of the reasons why I don't like this movie is because there is genuine potential here. Right? There are two things that I would point to in terms of me probably, or this probably becoming a movie that I might enjoy. Because the concept of the film or the mechanics of the film is something that I think we can all get behind. However, two things. Um, one, and this might just be me overthinking and also me nitpicking because as we've all established, once you don't like a movie, you know don't like anything about the movie. Yes. But the Douglas principle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the construct or the logic behind why they're locked in a room. I don't like it. This kind of just I I'm I, I don't know. They're they're just essentially like I can't leave because uh, I don't know. I don't really want to leave. Like that is the reason why. If it, even if it was something just ridiculous, something um, like out of this world, where they're like, you know what? There is a shadow monster outside, and I can't go anywhere. Or if, if they took it, that extra Twilight Zone step. Yeah, exactly. Right. If there was some actual physical uh, barrier or some sort of impediment that is whether it's it, it could be somewhat intangible, but tangible in the sense that it can be explained to me. And whether I agree or not with it, it is something that I can be like, all right, there are stakes here. Now let's see where we move from. You know? There's a that, lady, there's a lady who put a curse on them and they have yeah. to like break the stone before they can get out. 
Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, the tax collector is outside and, you know, all rich right. people don't want to pay taxes. Right. So or John Wick is out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so something like that, right? Um, as opposed to just this. Essentially, they're inside because of ennui, which is ridiculous, right? Um, the Arsenal thing- ennui or Barcelona ennui? Arsenal. <laughs> let's, let's be clear. <laughs> Barcelona on we still get into the Champions League. Okay. Okay. <laughs> New York Red Bulls. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. What it was that? <laughs> uh, and the second thing is this movie suffers from an acute case of the itis. Yes. <laughs> yes. I knew you were going to bring that up, which yeah. is why I left it out of my <laughs> But you you skirted around it and you said like all the things that kind of are the result of it. But that's really the point the, or the, the, the source of it. This movie isn't built for people like me and you, right? It doesn't focus on the things that me and you would probably focus on. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't present how a movie that we are uh, seasoned to, or, or you know, that is normalized to us, would be presented. And that can always be a tough one to to say, right? Because just <laughs> there are. This could be, and according to a lot of people, it is, uh, a a fantastic film. Something that was revolutionary for the ages. Something that resonated with a a generation. But it's just not our generation. (laughs) And um, it doesn't, or at least for me, it doesn't translate, right? Um, I could definitely see this translating into something if it was, if the, the, the more modern focus of, what we would look on, whether it is, as you say, the devolvement into, let's call it animalistic behavior or whatever. And they actually have some of that, right? Where I think somebody pushes somebody at one stage. <laughs> um, I think they they eat, um, they cook their own, own venison, right? <laughs> their own meat. Um, it is but, a sheep mutton. Yeah. yeah. Um, the... The pacing of that, the 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 things that you focus on, the sort of interactions that you can have, the way that's presented on screen could be completely different. And I mean, in a way, no, I actually don't like this movie, but as I'm talking, in a way, uh, this is a spiritual Saw movie, you know? Um, because that's all Saw is, people stuck in, well, at least the first one, people stuck in a room trying to get out <laughs> um, and having uh, and getting more and more desperate and devolving to, to, to worse and worse things to try and get out. Um, and this movie, for those two main reasons, I didn't like. But let's talk about some, let's call them positive points of this movie. Um, oh, Sorry, before before I start talking about shenanigans, um, one thing that this movie from early on relies on, and I remember thinking it was strange at the time and not understanding it. I still don't understand it, but it is what it is. Is that things tend to happen in double, right? Um, 
and I noticed it at first when the guests came in, led by the let's call it the man of the household. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was looking for the fellow, the, the, coach the fellow that guy, were, was to yeah. take the coats. I think his name was Luca, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, and he's like, where is he? Where is he? And then they go upstairs. And then all of a sudden, it's like it happens again. Yeah. Um, and they did it again when, they, when he, the same guy, again, was making a toast to one of the ladies. I think it sounded like maybe she was a big part of the play and he was mm-hmm. toasting to her and he toasted to her twice. Yeah. And they actually make it a big point um, closer to the end, a, a big uh, a, a big part of the whole mechanics of, of the situation that they're in. So it's clearly some sort of underlying theme that, that that he's presenting and i don't understand what it means but it's it, it's those kind of things where i'm just like what is this movie you know and not in a good way because there are times when there's mystery to something there is things you don't understand like a Lars von Trier movie where it it it's whether it's mystifying whether it, it makes you curious about it but it's just for me not not cool but Let's talk about some positive things. First of all, why why is there a bear and some sheep just roaming around this house? It has not it and and when you see the rest of the movie, it seems like you can say with some level of certainty that this is not a farm. This is not a I bear think this farm. This is the satire. This is not a <laughs> Is that what this is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to be like um, McConaughey in Interstellar, who requires a light on the robot for humor, or I need to be um, uh, the folks in Guardians of the Galaxy, where there's a special wink whenever there's sarcasm, because I did not get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're like you're Drax in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, g- gentlemen, none of you have pointed out yes. that there is a scene in this movie okay. when the lady of the house is cursing out the chef for leaving that a boom mic is is clearly visible. I'm not going to lie. When that showed up, <laughs> when I saw that in the movie, yeah. I was wondering if like this was part of like the joke that he was leading into. Like it would become more and more prevalent throughout Satirized. the movie. Satirized. And then yeah. it just like it just kind of went away. And I was like, all right, I guess that's one of those like old movie mistakes. Satire. I see. That's what that's what the satire is. <laughs> Oh, Going boy, forward, was... anything unexplained in bad movies, I would refer to as satire. <laughs> <laughs> as dying, as dying. And I'm actually reading through my notes here, and like, I clearly the satire is is lost on me because I, I have a note here where I didn't understand why they weren't leaving, and I was trying to figure it out, and I was wondering to myself, is it because 
they can't find their coats because the coat check fellow was like ran away and all the other <laughs> um, people that worked in the See, house ran away. Like, why better, are they staying you're better here? better movies, Douglas. <laughs> you, see, you, see, you see, Douglas, you're not far from me because like I started to think about like what is the purpose of... Like, I get... I understood the like science fiction-y like reasoning, but I started to try to think about like what what would be the like literary understanding of like all of this thing going on like is it mm-hmm. is it a use case where there, where bunuel was trying to say that while these people live on the top when the when this when the employees of the house leave like it becomes useless and they're not, yeah. not able to like exist anymore and they devolve down into this thing and then i was waiting for like the movie to confirm this like you reading write, you should write movies andrew yeah. Right with like with like the workers coming back in, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "All right, it's fixed." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it wasn't quite exactly that. All right, get a time um, machine, go back to the sixties, <laughs> write better movies. Yeah. Um, and then and then of course the movie has a good a good a good laugh quote in big air quotes in big air quotes a good laugh when it like tries to like run it again in the church at the end of the movie where yep. they're like it yeah. happened again the more <laughs> we talk about this movie the more i don't like this movie because so think, it's not good i think we should stop mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> going to continue. douglas don't uh-huh. get me wrong um, i am experiencing the same thing andrew's experiencing where i walked into this movie expecting less than nothing and he made <laughs> a movie <laughs> and i'm okay with it. yep i'm high praises for no, making I, something I, as that i said can i am work. so happy that this was i yes. did not want to tear my eyes out i at set the, end the, of the bar low and you clear the bar <laughs> i'm sure so. i'm sure douglas has experienced this a lot like whenever he had like an f grade student and the yeah. student finally made a d he's like oh my god <laughs> here's yep. here's what we give the a plus students we give you a star a backpack free lunch like anything you need because boy (laughs) i still have more things to talk about to to say about this movie (laughs) damian white andrew robinson Mm -hmm. there was a dream sequence Mm -hmm. and in this dream sequence yes there was a hand Mm -hmm. (laughs) that hand was the greatest like the 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 <laughs> any fans of the nineties movie Idle Hands? Man, Adam oh family boy. has a better hand than Idle Hands. The just uh, how bad this this hand model was made it so great. I, I, mean, I enjoyed that. It was scene. it was a time before they invented color. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the way it moved around um, on the floor, oh, it was great. It was, it was great. It was beautiful to look at. You're just like, it boy, really that's was. bad. Oh, when it was um, choking her, you mm. thought you just like this is fantastic. And fellas, there is a point we talk about this. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about this. That the Bunuel wants us to understand what it looks like from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. We have crowds. We have people wondering what is going on. Have these people died? Why are they not coming out? Mm-hmm. And at one stage, a priest no less, brings children of one of the people that are inside this house and decides, you know what would be a good idea? Why don't we use one of these children like they are a canary in a mine? 
I want to send that child inside of the house yep. and see if he can come back out. Right. To see if um, these people we haven't seen in seven days are dead yes. or not. That's a good yes. use for a child. Exactly. This child has and a purpose. a balloon and says... <laughs> <laughs> balloon kept him safe yeah. balloon kept him safe <laughs> i mean everyone um, knows that weirdly enough like what i thought about before like they had explained that no one could go in i'm like why aren't people like sending like one guy in like packed with food <laughs> right so that's like if it doesn't work out like at least like they have enough food yeah yeah for like Actually, the next if you think day. about it they could do that like once a week um <laughs> eat like more and more people would get marooned inside, but they'd always have food, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually, like, the numbers wouldn't quite work out. Like, the amount of f- the food carrying per person would have to, like, increase. Like, the amount of people that are in the room. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm writing crazy movies in my head. Right. Exactly. right? What you're writing exactly. is a better thing than this. A thing that is barely thought out. Yeah. Is and finally, is. I will say that this movie has been... It was educational. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you folks, mm-hmm. but you know, in the past, I have rented some movies, shall we say, at below fair market value. Ah. And when that happens, sometimes your subtitles can get a little wonky. Right. And at one stage, I thought that's what was happening here, even though I watched it, you know, um, I paid full price. I watched it on Criterion Channel, and so you would assume that the, the subtitles are good. And I actually searched. And this movie has now uh, taught me that ex- explicate and explications mm-hmm. are actually English words. <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> so kudos to you, Buñuel and Criterion, for teaching this old dog new tricks you know uh, you, you know have a word for scrabble exactly <laughs> if you play explication in scrabble no one will ever speak to you again <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no, this movie is not for me <laughs> you sure are you certain <laughs> so douglas douglas yeah. just as a quick quick heat check mm-hmm. there like there is not one film in this marathon that you would even like sneeze at i i appreciate parts of the satire in bourgeoisie mm-hmm. um i had the list open just a while ago hold on let me see if there's anything else so the movies we have not Belle de Jour, not viridiana not olvidados not this movie yeah no I like maybe twenty percent of one of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? So does this make the worst marathon we've done for you? Does it? Um, or is it just the most recent and like it just hurts the most right now? It definitely hurts the most right now. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because we did a. You know what? This is probably the worst, but it's not the most disappointing. We did a, a marathon of Tom Tick for movies. That was the most disappointing mm. because I had hyped that up. Remember me and you, Damien, we watched a trailer for yep. a movie and we decided he was the greatest director in the world. That we did. And then we watched his actual movies and um, realized it was not the case. We, mistakes were made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Should I blame Andrew for that? No. Did I blame Andrew for that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I know Damien mm-hmm. takes on the charm of the bourgeoisie from this list. Yes. Right. Um, I'll walk away enough. with the exterminating angel to be like, it's, it's you a know movie. What? The way people... The way people talk about Bunuel, like this is like the movie they talk about. And based on what I've watched, it's officially his best movie. <laughs> right? Like, you know, that's how best works. So they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. They got it right. <laughs> um I like enough for this movie. Like I feel like I feel like there's a good draft in there somewhere. Um and you know, if if this were like the second movie in the marathon, I'd be like, well, you know, maybe he gets better. <laughs> right. So, Luis Manuel, thank you for your time. Please go away. Yes. Um, we so will now because... we get to talk about what we watched, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, Douglas. And um, before that, before 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 <laughs> that, Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to quickly, for two seconds, mention that following this, we will be doing a short Wusha marathon. Um, filled with, fil- filled with films by the likes of King Who. <laughs> um, so we're looking forward very much to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's what we're going to be doing moving forward. Um, so now, Douglas, yes, you may you may begin your 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 monologues. All right, and listeners, or all right, let me be realistic. Ryan, I've been told <laughs> <laughs> that this is a spoiler. Ryan, I believe you've watched all, all of what we're about to talk about anyway, so you may continue. If for whatever reason there's anybody else listening to this, apparently there may be some You should probably say what you're spoiling, but right? What we are not about that to this talk is a spoiler about. of, like, spoilers. <laughs> what we are about to talk about is a certain Marvel television show. That Can you please say the name? That Andrew, <laughs> that Andrew seems to like. Kung Fu uh, Loki. And in particular... <laughs> I'm about to talk to a, talk about a person who is in an episode of that show that is not the first episode. Loki, Jonathan Majors. I, I can't. Can. I have to give you. <laughs> I, I have to give you the opportunity because I know. I mean, there is no way we're going to finish this 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 podcast without you just gushing over your man. So. Hold on, I have to turn off the camera for a little bit. Yeah, so that I can't. I don't want to see what is about yeah. to take place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I open the floor up to you, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a gentleman who I've been speaking about for the last, like, I feel three-ish years. Um, ever since I saw him in the last Black Man on San Francisco yes, of yes. San Francisco, I was very much like, "This guy is awesome," and. Every, every time he showed up in something, even if the movie itself was bad or not completely great, um, I was like, look, guys, I don't care. That guy is incredible. And everything about what he's done is amazing. And I want him to be in more things. And guess what? He finally got the Marvel call-up. Yes. <laughs> he's right? going to be in The Thing. <laughs> right. Which therefore means that hopefully he'll be in almost everything afterwards. Yep. Right? They'll just be like, all right, this year is the year of six Jonathan Major movies. <laughs> you know, when that happens to actors and you're like, yeah. whoa, let's hope it works out. <laughs> um, but like this guy is incredible. And this, this, the, this, the episode itself is the introduction of Khan. Um, 
Kang Khan. I don't know how to pronounce it. Khan. Um, I don't even know who that is. Like he's Khan. Yeah. Um, you don't, don't worry about that part. Fine. Don't I, worry about that. He's yeah. a Thanos-like, right? Yeah. He's like one of <laughs> the these like bad. super overlord people. Yeah, he's exactly. the big bad. No, right. I, I, I'm fine. I'm not one of those people who are who like, cares? I don't understand. At all. Listen, the television show would explain it to me. Yeah, and if it doesn't, no, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to find out. If the TV shows don't tell me and the movies don't tell me, I will never like, find out. <laughs> like, there's a thing with like the, the Marvel shows and the Marvel movies where like when you watch them, like say, for take for example, Iron Man, right? Where you have Tony Stark as Iron Man and the bad guy is Jedi as... I don't even remember if they named whatever the shit Sorry, he's supposed to be. Speaking of Iron Man, was I the only person that had the Iron Man song playing in my head when we saw the furnace <laughs> and the gold pouring out? Yes. Yeah, you were the only yes, one. You're the only no, one. you didn't. You're the only I, one. I, I, I immediately I saw I that and I was like, it's one. Iron Man. But and, okay. actually, yeah. and actually, you should have said something to me because I would have used that as a clip. That's a good ca- catch in. I, w- I didn't think of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have used like him banging on the thing or something yeah. from like iron man one um god damn it now i feel i feel annoyed at myself and i'm thinking of that <laughs> i didn't catch the title so it's not i'm wrong. actually sad that i forgot to say it when we were talking about yeah. the movie <laughs> so so like iron man like he has that there's this the villain setup is always these like really one-to-one relationship villains where they're like down to earth but then like the thanos like like khan is like they are just so ridiculously OP and nonsensical that you get scenes like this with, with, with Jonathan Majors where you see how it plays out is so much to the point where you can tell that he's so overconfident about how strong he is and how right he is mm-hmm. that he doesn't give a shit. And he's just like, I'm just going to talk because like I can talk through these things. Yeah. Um, but also, Jonathan Majors just like knocks it out of the park. But I want to talk about one thing specifically before Douglas realizes how good Jonathan Majors is, <laughs> um, which is to actually talk about the show of Loki. Okay. <laughs> oh, right, right. Right. Um, which is the, the Marvel show Loki about Tom Hiddleston as Loki, and they're dealing with time variances. Time um, tra- and, and Time crimes. Time Yay. crimes. Yeah, they're dealing with time crimes. Um, and there's another person from from Lovecraft Country in this TV show that Douglas hadn't realized. No, I realized from the second SR, but sure, oh. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's less important. I just wanted to do that. I know Douglas. Um, yeah. But the one thing I will say in negative to this final episode, right, is... I felt a little shortchanged in it in that it feels almost like, and it makes a lot of sense given what you guys told me earlier before the podcast um, about how this episode kind of evolved from like a episode with Loki having his climax um, and figuring out and having like some cathartic move forward um, to changing into the introduction of Khan and such a large introduction, right? Which felt almost weird to me in a show that spent six episodes, spent five episodes dealing with Loki as this pathetic character of someone who's coming to terms with how he how he is Loki, the character we know him to be, the the heel of the Marvel universe that we all love because he is the mischievous one. Um, and then it just switches completely to be like, all right, we're just going to have fun with Jonathan Majors because right? he's so fucking good, um, which is a good thing. But at the same time, it felt weird in the structure of the show. 
like the the thing I appreciated about them not doing um the ending where Loki um has to choose not to become king or what because there's he was supposed to be tested and then rejected so that him and Sylvie could go meet Kang. Um, the thing I appreciate about them not doing that and going this route is that you accepted that Loki was changed from episode one. Like once he saw the end of his timeline and he was just like, oh, I, I caused all of this hurt and pain and I still lost. You realize from there that this version of Loki was going to be different going forward. So you didn't have to show me that he was a better Loki than the Loki that existed before. Because that was that is what the five episodes before this final episode was pointing towards. You didn't have to, I didn't need him, you know, like in the last episode, there's a point where Loki gives away the game. He's him and Sylvie um, are having a disagreement. And she says, Why aren't we seeing this the same way? And he said, because you can't trust and I cannot be trusted. That is all I needed for Loki's entire arc to come to a close. I didn't need him to prove anything outside of that. That was good enough. Also, your boy Kang was incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, as much as this is a, a complaint on, like, just how the structure works, like, I mean, they gave me a nugget. They gave me, like, a wonderful morsel of a meal that I can't be upset at because it's just so fucking good. Um, um, so, I want to just step in here yes. and just um, refute everything that Andrew has just said. Right. Not <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Not only is this television show amazing, I would say that it is the best Marvel television show so far. Far and away. Yeah, yeah, far and away. Far and away. I I love this show and everything about every single episode. There has been no foot set wrong as far as I'm concerned. And you may not continue lying to the the audience. The Lamentis episode was kind of weak, but... Which one is that? That's the one where they were on the the planet that was falling apart. yeah. Yeah, that oh, one. No, the, absolutely. The, not. The, the only thing, the only thing that I thought was strange in that episode that didn't work out in my head as to me, in my imagination, as Damien puts it, is there's a point where like they run into like a lady in like a trailer or whatever. Yeah, and I thought <laughs> okay. that was going to end yeah. up being like the wife of Owen Wilson, but that wasn't right. <laughs> um, I think I just invented that in my head. In yeah. that episode, I thought she was going to enchant Loki, and I thought that that episode was. She trying to trick him into giving her the temp pad. I didn't, and when he's like, "Oh, the temp pad was broken," I was like, "Oh, he's just bullshitting her." And as soon as they get in any real danger, he'll. But none of that happened. All of everything that he's yeah, that episode was just yeah. That I think that episode is like the one episode I'd cut. Yeah. Like that it's is, just like it's just I don't think anything really happened in it exactly. outside of what I guess they like that's they where they start hands, their relationship. Right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, that's where they that's, start liking each other. This sort of discussion is for executives and directors, and maybe they're right. <laughs> yeah. 
I still enjoy that episode. So you are can shut up. Sure. Right. I'll, I'll point taken, Douglas. Right? <laughs> so Douglas, you are you are now the head of the Loki fandom, yes, right? Sir. Which means which means intrinsically that you have to acknowledge Thor two in the true. <laughs> right, no, we we're backing out of this entire premise. I do not accept this at all. Andrew Robinson. <laughs> I want you to I, understand something. I no longer like Loki. <laughs> Thank you. I want you to understand something. If you need me, or if there is some sort of strange transitive property, yeah, whereby me liking this show yeah. means that I like those first two Thor movies. Fuck this show! I don't, yeah. like, I don't yeah. like the show. The show is yeah. worse. So, I, <laughs> I, I wish am it was hundred percent on board with Douglas. With, with where Douglas' mind is at, I cannot be in more agreement. But seriously, though, this show is um, stellar. It's amazing. Uh, um, episode five with Old Thor is <laughs> yes, yes, with Richard Grant. So yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's. So, Every they have they had frog it. Thor in that episode, yeah. guys. Apparently they had frog they did, Thor in there. I didn't notice it. Yeah. When they were, they were transitioning from somewhere yeah. to somewhere, and there's a frog Thor jumping at the hammer and stuck in some kind of jar. I mean, but they have a crocodile Loki. Exactly. So why not a frog, right. Thor? frog Thor? I saw him jumping in the jar, yeah, but it was so quick. Yeah. I just assumed it was regular Thor, just tiny. Yeah. Nope. Uh, like, okay. I think it actually had an insignia of like the frog on it. Um, okay. It's stupid. Uh, <laughs> Thor is stupid. Uh, Loki <laughs> Dial is the best part of <laughs> uh, Loki. What? Loki Dial. <laughs> Crocodile Loki. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Okay. Yes, that was that was fun. <laughs> I didn't get that name written down somewhere. Loki Dial. <laughs> I. Um, this show I has just been. It's been yeah. fun, and the stakes have always been high. Mm-hmm. It is a. Very few of the Marvel properties get that down, where you can still have fun, but still have the thing that they're worried about be a thing that you also worry about. You don't know if the protagonists are going to win. You don't know how things are going to end, but you know the stakes are high. Some of them just don't get that done. This show genuinely did what the others haven't done so far. And I mean, listen, I, I, I like the other shows, right? To yeah. varying degrees. Yeah. But what this show has done is it has brought in action. It has brought in um, actual... Okay, I've, I'm having a, a brain fart now. But it's, it's, it's brought in all of the pieces of what you want your entertainment to be while also actually being good yeah right um it's not sure there is you know a, a, a popcorn nature to some of the things in here but if you actually sit down and look at the the, the episodes look at the thing that mm-hmm. is in front of you it's a top quality um piece of uh, a piece of stuff episode one of episode one was so good that it made me afraid mm-hmm. that the rest of the season yeah wouldn't be able to keep up and episode three was the the lamentous episode and i thought that oh this the mo- the show is running out of steam and then it simply didn't it just 
continued to be good. And I, I it was surprising that this show yeah. is this good because it the other be two, silly. the it other two weren't emotional. As good. It can be, it can be everything. Also, this, this also leads into the bigger overall Marvel story. Like I this suppose is, it this does. is introducing. Things I mean, that all we, of them have not really. No, <laughs> no, yeah, I would agree with that. So, so like, what the other two shows do, right? So far, is it may. It's the same way that the comics work for, for people who watch the movies, right? Or at least specifically the comics that feed into the, the, the storylines that the movies are on. If I watch, if I read the comic book already, I might know more, but it's not necessary reading, the right? You've gone away. I know, my camera's uh, lost power. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's the same thing with those two shows. Like, all WandaVision said to us is that Wanda got angry and she gonna learn how to be a witch. All um, the other show said to us that there's been action and these two people are friends. Right. Um, and, and they might be together in another movie. Falcon is this, no Captain America. And Falcon is Captain America. Like, oh man. Um, but, and, but hold on, hold on. And Falcon, it, introduced, it introduced the Baroness. It also introduced the, the, the power broker. Who's the Baroness? Um, the Baroness, is Baroness, and Elaine, Pope. Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, but she's introduced in the last movie, in um, Black Widow. Yeah, but that came out in May, by accident. <laughs> also, she doesn't feel integral to the story. And exactly, yet. that's the thing. Yeah. All of these jumps yes. are jumps that you yeah. can make without the show. Right. Um, Falcon was already going to be Captain America before he became Captain America in the show. <laughs> if if this show never happened and he showed up with that costume in the next movie, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd you make wouldn't the jump. need you'd anything. Be like, of course, he's Captain America. Yeah, you know. And if one how is that any different from Kang showing up in a in a no, movie before this? I'm not, Andrew. I'm what we're trying to say is this one feels more. In, we're not saying that the others don't have to do with what is going no. forward. That's obviously what. Yeah, and here's that. what I would say for but this, this one, one as well. Feels this one feels important. No, it's not even just that this one feels important. Here's what I'll say. Let us, and I don't know that this one will actually affect the rest of the movies, and I don't care if it does or it doesn't. But what I will say is this this television show, let us say they've decided to take this and use it as part of the movie, and like whatever happens here affects the movies. This one literally changed time. This one can allow them to have completely different movies than were before. People who are dead can be alive, even though that could have happened already. But like this whole um, uh, situation with the multiple timelines and the multiple um, Jonathan Majors that could fight each other or could be rulers or whatever the hell they are, I don't know. That, that actually could, could have an effect on a thing. I wasn't actually going to go, go from um, that perspective with this show, but, but I do agree with Damien that this one, if we're talking about significance to the rest of the, the, the universe or whatever you want to call it, this one definitely is more significant than the others because it has the, the, the extension of, this, of what has happened to this show. The logical 
steps forward from this show is are much yeah. more could be much more significant than simply than the the logical extensions of the other show, which is simply um, I am Captain America now, or maybe there is a, a, another another friend character that can be in the movies or stuff like that. But this one actually allows for completely different scenarios in the future. Right. Put it put it this way, Andrew. The power broker and uh, what's Veep's name? That's her name. The Baroness. Baroness. I, I, uh, yeah. Right. Is that really her name? Yeah, in, the, in this thing, that's uh, supposedly the name. Those two people, I can't say as the Thanos type. They're just bad guys that someone will kick in the face at some point. Kang, that's what that, Kang yeah. seems nightmarish. It seems <laughs> yeah. world-ending, like the highest yeah. of high stakes. So yeah. that's that. Also, this is a better show. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I, I was really just going to talk about how I enjoyed this show. This yeah. show is so good. And, Jonathan and in particular, Jonathan Majors is a superstar. Yeah. He needs to be in more things. And in particular, um, I don't want him to be in crime movies. I don't need him to like be a serious father figure or you know a, a fellow that that is down on his luck. Oh, you just want to you, you don't need him in every show. That's I you don't need him to stop the slavers from like he can oppressing black people. Yeah, I no, can I don't want that. that title. As long as while he is doing so, he is chewing as Jonathan much Majors. scenery as possible because that is. What oh, you want him to be in Django too? As Django yes! too? Fair yes. Enough. Yeah. I want him I, I, I want him to to be able to show off the Range. his his penchant yeah. for the ridiculous. Uh, like he showed off here like, and like he showed off in the Fight Club movie in this, Jungle Land. This might be recency bias because of course this is the no, latest episode, but yeah. for a show to have Loki because Tommy Hiddleston <laughs> is acting the shit out of this. Yeah, and they I mean, had... essentially, you know what? You're right. Uh, he, Jonathan Majors is to this show what, what Tom Hiddleston was to Thor. Do you remember when we watched Thor and we're like, we hate that movie, but, but you know yeah, what? But you know who's good in that movie? <laughs> that Loki yeah. guy. Yeah. He is... Jonathan Majors is so good in this show that has... Man. That was surrounded Loki and Sylvie that we hand-waved away just how good Owen Wilson was in this oh yeah Owen Wilson I love Owen Wilson and just so good Tom Hiddleston is everybody was doing their best in this show (laughs) and Jonathan Majors came in at the last part and it's just like (laughs) fuck everybody (laughs) and all that you're trying to accomplish I'm better than all (laughs) y'all and lit everyone's world on fire and after hearing your story, Damien, yeah. that he wasn't really meant to be anything significant in the show, yeah. and he was they realized at some point that he needs his Boyd Crowder moment, pretty much. Um, that makes it all the better. <laughs> they looked at him how we looked at him and went, all right, fuck all of this other foolishness. Everyone <laughs> keeps a shit about any of this. We need as much Jonathan Majors on this show as we can. And it it was I'm I prefer it being done this way than the Thanos way. The Thanos way they did because no one knew if this was going to work. This is confidence in listen, whether phase four makes trillions of dollars the RNA. The plan is the plan. And they can do that because they have 
all the money on earth. And people are going to keep watching these things. Like Disney did it. They did the thing that they wanted to do. And it works. Uh, the re like, I had no... Coming out of um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was just like, I don't know if I need any more of these TV shows. And then Loki came. I was just like, I guess I was wrong about all that. <laughs> I guess my <laughs> previous statement is now incorrect. <laughs> Turns out I need more of these. It's just that good. Um, uh, boy, this show, is, this show is fantastic. Um, Richard E. Grant. Like, he's, he was supposed to be the thing I was talking about at the end of this series. I expected to come on here and go, boy, Richard E. Grant is so much better of an actor than everybody else on this TV show. And it wasn't him. Turns out it was Andrew's boyfriend, Jonathan Majors. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you have to give your props, Andrew. You got it right. When you write, you just write. I mean, Richard Grant was pretty great in his, yeah. in his episode. Yeah, but... Right. Um, all right, like how we just talked about Loki, let me just finish this Marvel thing. I don't know if any of you pew, have, pew, see, pew, have pew, seen pew. Black Widow. So, I think I've seen Black Widow. <laughs> here's here's what I did, um, and I haven't been able to remedy it because you know, life. Mm -hmm. But last weekend, when it came out on the Friday, I got it, uh, um, I, I paid for it, I watched it, but. I started watching it at around 10.30 in yeah. the night. Mm -hmm. This movie is almost two and a half hours long, yes, which is. means that it would finish not quite at one o'clock in the morning, but very close. Mm -hmm. So I watched most of that movie. I remember most of that movie, but definitely that last half hour, I was in and out and it lasted, that last half hour probably lasted about an hour and a half for me because I kept dozing off, waking up, pulling it back and trying to finish. And I did finish, but boy, I need to watch it again. <laughs> Andrew Robinson, have you seen... Well, I have good news for you, Douglas, because Disney allows you to watch it again. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> um, I, yeah, know I, watched, I, I watched Black Widow. Oh, yeah. um, oh, like Fun Douglas, movie. I had a lot of pausing in my viewing experience, mm. you know, thanks to a child being like, no, don't watch the, the don't watch Florence Pew Pew as... Um, but yeah, I have seen Black Widow. Mm -hmm. It's a fun time. Yeah, it's pew 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 pew. All the yeah. pew jokes are exactly, exactly. what this movies. I have uh, to tell you, she's so, better than Scarlet in every way in this movie, and it's fun as shit. Yeah, she is. I think this movie, this movie is pretty good, right? This movie is mm -hmm. a lot better than than what I'm seeing a lot of people talk about because they're not watching it right. Um, I saw this movie, I pressed play, and immediately they said, Douglas, have you seen John Wick 2 mm -hmm. and John Wick 3? Where we don't need to tell you what's happening. You just start off with hardcore action. That's what I'm going to do. And I was very appreciative of it. Yes. And the action in this movie is way harder than I thought it would be. It was not this was not Disney-level action, which is what a lot of the Marvel movies are. This was action, action. I mean, it's, it's still a Disney movie, so there's not a lot of blood, gore, and guts. But mm -hmm. it is as John Wick, Wickian of um, hardcore action, fighty, fighty scenes that Marvel can get to. Um, 
And Damien, you mentioned there are lots of jokes. Yes. Um, Florence Pugh in particular pew, pew, makes pew, most of them. Pew, pew, pew. Um, she. I mean, David Harbour. David Harbour does a lot of good oh, work yes, here. So David Harbour is great as well. He's I was going so to get to good. him. Oh my God. <laughs> but oh in my particular, God. I love the jokes where Florence Pugh is like, so when you're fighting, Mm-hmm. Why is it that you're trying to? Is is it you're posing for action cards <laughs> yeah. or something? Yeah. What what you doing? Like and she actually does it favorites. once, yeah. and she's like, "No, no, this doesn't work." Yeah. She, she, that is one of my favorite on her face. She's just like, "Not <laughs> no." She's like, "Why no. do you always pose? You're a poser." She's like, "No." Like, then why? <laughs> Whenever you fall, you have like an arm out. Just fantastic. <laughs> no. Here, I have a question for, for both of you, right? Um, this movie has done well enough. Um, people like her enough that clearly Pew Pew is going to continue to be pew, a pew, part pew. of this whole thing. Um, how many movies before she doesn't have an accent anymore? The next one. <laughs> <laughs> the next movie. I think, I think the follow-up question is, if we're talking about shitty accents, because, you know... Um, Natasha Romanoff is supposed to be Russian. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Scarlett Johansson has had zero Russian throughout the entire of this Marvel mm-hmm. setup. She, and you, because she's a tremendous spy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you can you can <laughs> argue away all of yeah. that nonsense. Yeah. I want to ask who had the better, worst Russian in this movie? Was it A. Rachel Weisz, <laughs> B. Florence Pugh, C. Ray Winstone? Oh, oh Rotty! I, mean, I forgot about him. I forgot about terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I assume by good you mean terrible, right? <laughs> if well, it's good, the best bad. Yeah, it's the best bad. God awful. <laughs> can you have? Can you be British and Russian at the same time? Because his own is. Bears no resemblance to uh, actual accent. <laughs> it is terrible. Yeah, what you're saying is he took the Sean Connery approach yeah. to the Russian. <laughs> yeah, accent. He, he might as well just have been speaking in an English accent <laughs> for all the good it did. It he is. could have probably thrown some cockney in the middle yeah, of all of it, it and he'd be like, "Yeah, Oof. that works." Oof. But yeah, like um, if it's not the next movie she's in, the other movie, like it's uh, it's two movies max. Then the third time you see her in our property, all her accent would have disappeared. I presume her next appearance has to be in the Hawkeye TV show, given yeah. given the end credit scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I caught the end credit scene again because you know the sleepiness. Yeah. <laughs> um, the end credit scene. She's like at the grave of Scarlet of Black Widow. I was about to say Scarlet Widow. Like, oh yes, I did Scarlet see that. Widow. I did see this. <laughs> I remember um, seeing that grave story. And the Baroness comes in and says, Hey, I yeah. know who did her I know who That's did true. this. That's true. Yeah. So I did see that then. I I got to the end. I just I have to piece it together in my mind. <laughs> yeah. You know when you watch movies at that point in time, like you know you watched it but you've forgotten some things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a haze. Yeah. Um but really but yeah, this, this movie, movie was, was this movie was fun. It's fun. Um I actually I actually Weirdly enough, I didn't realize until like I was in the middle of it as to how much this felt like a Bond movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, you know, it, but it felt like one of these random Bond movies where they're just like, we move on to the next country and we have another set piece. We move on to the next country and have another set piece. Um, I like the Taskmaster more than I thought I would because I thought mm-hmm. it'd be kind of uh, dumb Speaking to just have Bond a villain movies. who like plays, who, who just fights like all of the characters you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, Taskmaster has the Hawkeye scene, has the, the, the Captain America fight. They should have gone out of their way to make that more explicit because I didn't realize that until they actually said it. I didn't realize that is what the Taskmaster was doing till they pointed it out in the movie. Wait, sorry, what? When did she fight Captain America? No, the Taskmaster no, she... fights like Captain America. Oh, like? Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, they said that. Okay. And like, they even have like the shield. They have all the prosthetics that right. kind of match up to who yeah. they're doing it with. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, this this movie is pretty fun. I'd watch it again. The only part oh, of yeah. this movie that I felt like the movie let itself down was towards the end where... Um, Black Widow essentially gets absolution after she tried to blow up a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, that is some poor, that's some poor and lazy writing right there. But, but the movie was so fun out. that who cares? Yeah, yeah. Pew pew. I will say that, that also I didn't pew. care about the Taskmaster, but that didn't stop me from liking this movie. I mean, um, she's she's the she's the bad guy with the abilities, but she is not the bad guy. So, yeah, she's and she's only in like two scenes. Yeah, she's you know? just a glorified it's, henchman. Yeah. Do we do we think we'll see her again? Like, there's a there's a later movie in which Michael B. Jordan and Olga Kurylenko are like Look, on the good people side. Um, well, she's she's a, a big enough star that maybe it's possible. I, you know, the guy that Captain America kicked in the face on a ship uh, returned for. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so everybody can come. But I don't know <laughs> when. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. They're, you I, don't know when contracts run out. They called him something <laughs> another, the Leaper, and I was just like, there's no way this fool has a name. They're making this shit up on the fly. This is madness. <laughs> and he was just there in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was like, what? Who remembers this guy? <laughs> what is this show? What is this show? Marvel, you guys are amazing. Because you are, there's people going out of them way to write in people no one cares about <laughs> into these shows. I guess I guess they have to do something for the actual comic book fans. But boy, what a stretch! What a stretch! Um, All right. Also, I hope there's no more Hydra talk in any of these um, comic books. So I, this Hydra thing is boring. Yeah, I think that's over. I think unless they do more like flashbacky stories yeah. like this, where they're like, we're going back to like this specific point in our like timeline, um, which, you know, post Loki talking about timelines, that ought to be fun. All right. Um, all, right yeah. let me ju- like, all right. Let me just uh, wrap up with the last Can thing Can somebody I saw. please put a line in one of the next movies to say we're in the darkest timeline? Like, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get your wish. I'm, there's going to be a lot of time puns. Because this is Marvel and they cannot help themselves. Speaking of time crimes, I watched Maybe The Tomorrow War. Maybe they can get Danny War. Pudi to say it. He was in one of those, mo- he was in one of those um, Marvel movies. 
Thank you for ruining my segue, Douglas Robinson. That is correct, because that movie is horrendous. Speaking of time crimes. <laughs> <laughs> have you watched this movie as well, Douglas? No, I have, I have not. not. I just made I've the assumption. far away. <laughs> I, I keep watching the expanse on Amazon like an idiot, and Amazon keeps telling me, yo, dog, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> We have this new movie. Yeah, hey, I hey, don't like that hey, Amazon hey, does hey, that hey, now, hey, where at, at the beginning of every episode, they're like, hey, here's another trailer. I mean, it's not every episode. It's every time I launch the app. It's just like, before before we get you in here watching the thing you clearly came here for, hey, mm-hmm. hey like, the, it's the hey, listen, it's the, <laughs> it's the Navi from hey. Zelda 64. Hey, that is like the number <laughs> one thing where where I have to remind myself anytime I actually do watch something on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime that I'm like I technically didn't pay for the video part. Um, <laughs> You're right, I'm paying like, for like, shit. Like, <laughs> like that's not the primary thing I yeah. wanted when I paid for this. This yeah. is this is like extra. Yeah. So like whenever I see that ad, I'm just like, oh. So HBO, what, watch HBO's excuse. Um, I don't have that problem because I don't use HBO Max. Oh, fair enough. Um, right. Does HBO Max have trailers before? There's a, there's usually like a big splash screen. Uh, there was trailers for Kong and for Mortal Kombat, but it was like it didn't play the entire trailer. Like it would skip itself. Um, but when you get to the home screen, it's just like, look, dog. I know you have other things on this screen. But this is the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. They definitely have a focus on the yeah. home screen. But it's not a trailer that plays with um, sound. So and they had You trailers. immediately look at whatever you want. And when you press on, when you actually start a video, it doesn't have another trailer. For right, so they don't do that. But yeah. when you launch it up, they had tra- full trailers for some other... But anyways... Uh, speaking of time crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Andrew needs to do a clap. Andrew, go, go right ahead. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no this going. is even funny if I just keep saying <laughs> speaking <laughs> of time crimes. <laughs> speaking of time crimes. Uh, Amazon bought a movie called The Tomorrow War. That name is terrible. And that is the best part of this entire movie <laughs> this movie is so bad i spoke the last time we were on this trailer about the fact that the day i saw it it had a one star rating that rating has gone up significantly since but that rating is the correct rating this movie is not good the premise is dumb you've all seen the trailers it whatever <laughs> But the movie itself throws away... Like, they have the chance to make a fun action movie. And they throw all of that away immediately. This movie starts and it's about uh, this family. And they're watching the World Cup. And halfway through the game, people from the future show up. And they're like... We need you to fight in the future. And you're like, this premise is ridiculous. But the movie continues. And they're like, hey, only 20% of the people we send to the future come back. And when you come back, they give you state-of-the-art. They give you everything. But the people who come back are traumatized. So they're basically shells of themselves. And of course, the protagonist is recruited in this dumb war. And he's sent to the future. And 
immediately everything goes sideways. And they start establishing what these aliens are, what they look like, what they can do. And the aliens are terrifying. But because the hero is the hero, he has plot armor on from the beginning. And it gets more and more annoying as the movie progresses because he should have been dead eight, nine times, but he's only alive because he is the protagonist. It's not like he's clever and that's why he survives. It's not like it's a skit. Like there's points where it's fade to black. He should be dead and he's transported to some other location and just alive for no reason. And you're like, movie, I thought we stopped doing this years ago. Why are you doing this? And then the movie begins its explanation as to what happened and then the movie gives you how we're going to resolve this stupid premise. And the entire time, you feel like punching whoever wrote this movie. And the entire time, the action scenes continue to underwhelm. And then there is a M. Night Shyamalan type twist. And it made me so upset that anything that... like. The rest of the movie could have prob- could have just disappeared and I've been as angry as when they explain what the twist is. And none of this movie works. And all of this movie is boring and bad. And I am imploring everyone that can hear me to not watch this movie. It is not worth any of your time. Do not watch The Tomorrow War. It is really bad. It is really bad. <laughs> The sad thing about this movie is that conceptually they had a template in Edge of Tomorrow to look at yes. and actually make a good movie off yes. of. And they did not do that <laughs> at all, Douglas Robinson. No attempt was made to make this movie good. That's, it doesn't feel like that. They wanted to tell some story and then have a twist. Hey, here's a twist. I'd spoil the ending, but you guys shouldn't watch this movie, so it doesn't matter. J.K. Simmons is in it, and he's wasted. And that's hard to do because he's such a big presence in anything he's in. And he is asked to do... Is he J. Jonah Jameson? Yes. He is asked to do very little, and it felt like he did very little. And there's, there's a comic relief character in this movie. And... Everything about that makes me upset. So don't watch, don't watch this movie. It's not worth. I assume I know who you're talking about, and actually don't mind him. I see him in a lot of comedies. Yeah, that's not the reason that. Like, it is not him that is bad. It is the things that this movie does with him. This movie is aggressive. At it's it's nonsense. Like. The movie being this bad is the only thing that is confusing (laughs) how we got to here. Because we've had time travel movies before. And it's easy to make them awesome because you can travel through time. And it's... Yeah. Um, That's all that I watched that isn't The Expanse, but I can't. Andrew has asked me explicitly not to talk about The Expanse anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I will talk up a couple of things that I've I've watched recently. Uh, 
we've spoken about the pew pew, pew, pew so pew, 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 pew. we can move on to some more serious matters uh, so I have been watching a couple of concert movies um, these are actually both movies that I've watched a, a bunch of times already but I wanted to have a quick shout out to Prince Sign of the Times awesome little concert movie but the one I really wanted to talk a little bit about is um, just the other day I was thinking to myself actually it was because I had watched Prince Sign of the Times it kind of came to my into my head um, and I thought to myself there's no way anybody would have this to stream but for some reason I was able to stream Tom Waits concert film big time and that I mean like Lars von Trier, only about five people can like that movie. <laughs> um, it is so specifically Tom Waits that, you know, it's it's crazy. And I actually um, went and Wikipedia'd it because while watching it, you get the sense that it is made specifically for only about one person right um and actually it did have that that history where um i think it was released and people didn't like it and then it became like this cult sort of thing on on video and it's very hard to find um technically there are no official dvd releases even apparently um but where did you on, stream this by the I way i think it's on paramount plus that I have it. You keep talking about that service and it does not exist. <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm watching this movie and it's, well, it is a movie and it's so good. It's so Tom Waits. He, the, the sort of um, effectively stand up comedy uh, uh, sets that he has, the, the facial expressions, the, the way he performs. It makes me want to, to go and see him live, which I know I can never do because he is an old man now. I'm sure, especially with COVID, he's like, you know what? I'm done and I'm retired. Um, and it is unfair of me to want a 70 or 80 year old man to stand up on a stage and, and dance and for you. <laughs> exactly for like a couple of hours um, when he should be lying down in his bed and, um, relaxing off of he the work 71 years old exactly um it's the same reason why i really want um, mel brooks to do more movies but i really shouldn't because <laughs> um, he's about 90 i think um but yeah tom waits big time I, I shouldn't recommend this to anybody but i'm just saying it's at least it's 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 an event <laughs> um you don't know if you want to watch Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah. Either the answer is yes or hell to the no. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also watched a, a Pedro Almodovar film that I didn't realize existed. It's called The Human Voice. And it stars Tilda Swinton. And by film, I should probably more call it a short, even though it's not exactly the shortest of shorts it's about a half hour long it's apparently based on a play and it's tilda swinton at home uh in the middle of a breakup with what seems to be a, a famous person and it's her 
kind of like going through what she's going through and also talking to him for the last time on the phone. And I don't think I can call this movie good. <laughs> as much as I love Almodovar and it has his signature things, the, the, it's beautiful. Um, Tilda is Tilda, so she, you know, hits it out the park. Uh, but it's, I don't know, maybe it's something about the, the actual, like, what it is that it's it's hard to make it, tra translate it from, from playing to this. Um, and it's actually done in a very Von Trier-esque way where it's clearly a set. And when she goes outside of the house, you're on set. And you see they're, they're not trying to fake it like it's, you know, on the road or outside or whatever. You actually see, you know, the, the cardboard sides of what should be the apartment and that kind of thing. So there are intriguing or in interesting parts of this, but don't watch it. Um, it's on HBO Max, by the way. That's where I found this one. And finally, I watched a television show, a British television show, Gasp called State of the Union. This stars the IT crowds, Chris O'Dowd. And where am I going to say she's from? Maybe Gone, Gone Girl? Gone Girl's Rosamund Pike. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right, fine. Um, which one would you say? She's in, like, everything. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll give you the Gone Girl one. Fair enough. All right. This show I really enjoyed. It is a bit different from usual. Each episode is actually around 10 minutes long, 10 to 12, somewhere in that region of, of length. Um, and these two people are a couple. They're married. They have, I don't know if it's children, but at least a child. And they are going through marital problems. And this show is an interesting kind of setup where they are they're in the situation they're in they're now going to marriage counseling and every episode is not them on the couch it's not them talking to their therapist about whatever the issues are but it is that by proxy because what you're watching is them meeting at a pub in the 10 minutes before they go into the next session with the therapist. And uh -huh. it's almost like a training session, right? It's like them sitting down and they're like, all right, what's, what's on the agenda for today? What are we going to talk about? And in doing that, it brings out all the issues and it feels like it's the, the session. Um, and there are serious notes. There are obviously funny notes. Um, and it's quite heartwarming. It's 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 well done. In some ways, well, I know why because it's it's a very um, intimate setting, and you only really ever see, except for a couple of exception, minor exceptions, it's really just the two of them talking. So it feels very much like something like say you know the before series where there, it feels kind of special and and intimate and just them and you're, you're going through the, the emotions with them and I really love how they set it up I really love the performances um, and it's it's great and it has this great arc to it um, I kind of sat down 
I would have done it in one sitting, but I didn't. I did it in two because, you know, life. Um, but this is a very bingeable, very watchable, very easily consumable um, amount of media. It's, it's great. I love it. Um, and that is what I watched uh, over the last couple of weeks. All right. I don't have much to add here. Um, so all I'm going to talk about is I have two quick things I want to talk about. Um, I watched a film by the name of Pooft. Um, it's spelled P-H-F-F-F-T exclamation mark. It's like the sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's from the year 1953. Um, stars Jack Lemon and Judy Holiday. I oh, spoke about nice. her on the last podcast. Um, Judy Holiday in the film Bells Are Ringing. So this is another film with her. And this feels very much like an early testing the waters of like an apartment, some like it hot esque story. Um, <laughs> Which even though it's starred Jack Lemon. <laughs> yeah, because like Jack Lemon is basically that guy. So the story is basically of these two, Jack Lemon and Judy Holiday, who are married, and the marriage isn't going very well, and they decide to have a divorce, and then um, they go their separate ways, doing stuff they do rebuilding themselves as human beings and then and and then they kind of come back together um because it's like a romantic it's a romantic comedy about married people weirdly enough um and it's ridiculous it has all sorts of things in it it has one of the, one great dance scene um jack lemon has like a mustache he's like they're like doing like crazy dances it's insane um there is there's a scene with kim novak um and she plays all I can describe her as is the Marilyn type in this movie where she shows up, she's blonde and she's supposed to sleep with Jack Lemon really quickly. Um, and but she has like that high pitched, some like it hot voice where she's like, I know what's going on, but I'm being like coy about it. And this movie is a fun movie. I quite enjoyed it. Um, and it works in that vein. Um, next yeah. move, last I know movie you're there. focusing on Judy Holiday, but I do have to say that any movie with Jack Lemon already has an in with me. <laughs> you know, he's so great. Yeah, and th- let this be your introduction to Judy Holiday. <laughs> yeah. um, she is incredible in this movie. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is a quick film. It came out last year. It's called The Kid Detective. Oh, I've kind of wanted to watch that show. It looks good. Is it good? It is very good. Um, nice. <laughs> it is. It's it's a movie that feels almost brick like. Um, so it's a uh, it's the story is basically of a young child who who is a kid um, who solves a mystery in his town and becomes like the hero of the town as a child, um, and then years later he decide he's he's a detective and not a not a not a detective in police he's a private investigator but he's still doing like children mysteries he's like where who who stole my bunny rabbit from <laughs> from the house or or a, or a little 10 year old coming to him and being like someone took the candy from my from my thing and he he has this almost um superiority like um sherlock holmes sense to him where he, someone will come in with that question and he'll be like, so who was the fattest person in your friend's group? And then he'll say, like, that's the answer, give me the money, and then he moves on. Um, so he plays this character who is just this, like, um, sad sack of, like, a human being who's gone through his life, um, thinking he'd be great, but then it didn't really turn out that way. And the movie then picks up with a murder case 
in which a, ch- a, a teenager has been stabbed to death. And the girlfriend of the teenager comes to him and is like, solve the murder. Um, but you watch him like solving the murder, doing all sorts of childish things. Things that you would see, like say in a Scooby-Doo show where like he goes in to interview someone and then he opens a window and then he's like you always open a window because you never know when you need to like crawl back in later to like sneak in and do stuff um (laughs) and like there's so many things where like it it goes so far to show how creepy it is to watch an adult do it but if it was a child you'd understand how it would be adorable and no one would think anything of it um and it's it's incredible and like the movie ends in like the bricky the most Rand johnson brick way that a movie like this can end and i i enjoyed it um i it's one of these movies that will feel like a great first run of like a director i think it's a first time filmmaker um making this movie so yeah um and that's really all we're here to talk about today um (laughs) Yes, talk about Marvel movies and children detectives. Yeah, it's his. First, it's the person's first feature-length film. They made like short stories, before, short films before. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, yeah. As I said, that um, I feel like I watched the trailer. Um, I definitely read about it and I've been seeing it around. And I keep saying, "Hey, I kind of want to watch that movie." Um, I think pacing wise, like it's not always like on par throughout the whole of it. Like it'll, there's, there are definitely dips here and there. Um, but for the most part, it's like a general, it's an overall good movie. Mm. Um, awesome. I have to say that this, this week ish, um, a lot of good things have popped out or a lot of things have popped out that I'm interested in trying. Right. Yeah. Um, cause you have. Quiet Place 2, you have even these horror movies on Netflix look probably they're gonna be bad, but they look interesting. H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo, but shizzle my nizzle used to dribble down in VA. Was herbing them in the home of the turbans, got it dirt cheap for them. Plus, if they were short with cheese, I would work with them. Born in we got rid of that dirt for them. Wasn't born hustlers, I was birthing them. H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo, but cheesy my easy, keep my arms so breezy. Can't leave rap alone, the game needs me. Haters want me clap, they chrome, it ain't easy. Cops wanna knock me, DA wanna box me in. But somehow I beat them charges like Rocky. H to the Izzo, B to the Izzo. Not guilty, he who does not feel me is not real to me. Therefore-